Welcome to Mosaic Church, and thank you for joining us here online. To prepare for today's message, we encourage you to utilize the Mosaic Cincinnati app. There, you can view the message notes, put in prayer requests, and so much more. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Mosaic Church. I'm Jeff Anderson. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, Mosaic Church. Yeah, so it's good to be with you. My name's Jeff. I'm on the team at Convoy, and I'm honored to be with you today. Uh, Traveled in last night from Springfield, Missouri. I live in Ozark, Missouri, uh, which is where I live. And uh, this is, I want to introduce you to a couple people that why I get up every day. Not only, how many of you know, you know, get up every day and say, I'm serving God no matter what. That's where you start. And then... My first congregation is right here. It's these people. Uh, This is my wife, 37 years, uh, three daughters, three granddaughters, and a female cockapoo. It's amazing. She didn't make the picture, but um, this picture was actually taken at probably one of the most trying and uh, troubling times in our life because uh, two and a half weeks earlier, my dad, who was 97 and a half, stepped into eternity. And we were all in California to lay him to rest next to my mom. And I thought, while I'm there, why not take a Minnesota boy, a South Dakota kids, and a few other Missourians and take them to the Bay Area to see one of the uh, beautiful sights, the Golden Gate. And this is a beach where I spent a lot of time as a kid uh, there. So that's my tribe. I'm really grateful. My wife's not only a minister, she's a social worker for a public school. And uh, she is a servant in Caesar's household. And I will tell you, uh, people say, oh, you can't pray separation of church and state. I will tell you, if you live the life, there is no separation. Because you live the life and people want to know, why do you have hope? Why do you have joy in a world that's just so crazy upside down right now? And uh, we're going to unpack that a little bit more. But I will tell you, this church... This is your one day 3.0. Three years in a row, you have built this vision of just taking this day and taking a moment of your life, a day of your life, and just saying, I'm going to turn this into help and hope for somebody I may never meet in places I never go. And I'm here to say thank you on behalf of tens of thousands of people that receive a hot meal or access to clean water. Um, or emergency supplies during a disaster, whatever that may be. So I want to say thank you so much for that. Pastor Joe and Julie, what can I say? I've enjoyed my relationship, friendship with your pastors, their staff and team. I'm getting to know them and many of you. So I think we should give it up for your pastors and their staff right now. Come on. Appreciate you, man. This church has jumped in with your heart, your hands, You've, give, you've given, you've prayed, you've gone, served with us around the world, you, recent trip to Bulgaria. And uh, I'm so excited what God is doing among the Roma people in that part of the world. And not only that, ref, lots of refugees that have come in from Ukraine and the surrounding areas ministering the love and life of Jesus to them. Um, so the one day slide is up and this is kind of an old school slide and I picked this one to show you because One Day to Feed the World was this idea that came to us from a pastor 
about 18 years ago, he called us and said, hey, God gave me this idea. He said, I've asked my church to take the whole month, and it was a certain month. He said, to take that month, pick one day and just work that day for the poor and suffering, and then whatever the offering is at the end of the month, we'll just send it to Convoy. Is that okay? We're like, yeah, hey, let us know how that goes. Two weeks later, I get a phone, we get a phone call. This guy is on the phone and he said, are you guys sitting down? And I'm like, no, but I can't sit down. And they said, yeah, this was the largest single offering, not building related in the history of our church. And they said, it was a little church in Northern California. They sent that offering and God birthed this idea through a pastor in Concord, California. So we didn't come up with this idea. It came from the church, it came from where people live, where you work, where you, you live your life, where you're salt and light. And so we, we can't say thank you enough. We appreciate you, everybody who's involved. And if you're not involved, I encourage you to get involved. Get in, be part of what God is doing uh, right now. So I was in Marshalltown, Iowa, little bitty town, got struck two times in the last 24 months by a tornado. Pastor Dave, my buddy there, and I've been to his church. And I remember my first time I met him on an overseas trip. I took him overseas. And then he said, come preach in my church. And I did. I arrived at the church and immediately he goes, come with me. So we're walking through these corridors, old, big, high roof, 1955 model building. And we climb up. I realize we are going to the attic. I'm like, okay, I don't know much about Dave, but we'll just see what's up here. So we climb all the way up the stairs. We get on a little landing, like a couple of four by eight sheets of plywood, and he flips the light on, and as far as I can see are kiddie pools. A dozen kiddie pools, like plastic blue pools, as far as you can see. And I'm like, Dave, why did you bring me up here? He said, well, I wanted you to know something, Jeff. He said, today, we are going to take our first one day to feed the world offering. I said, I know, and I'm already feeling pretty bad because I'm like, I don't want to take a dime from this church because I know what those kiddie pools are. And he said, Jeff, those have been up here for 10 years, and we have a sophisticated pump system to pump out all the pools because the roof has leaked for that long. We just don't have any money to fix the roof. And I'm like... You can't do one day. You can't give us all this money. And he goes, oh, yeah, we can. He goes, this is what God told me. He said, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. So they take a one-day offering, four or $5,000, maybe. That was like a huge offering for this church. I felt so bad. He was so proud. He reaches in his, his coat, and he slides this check across the table at lunch, and I'm like, oh. I just, God, you got to do something for this church. I'm not thinking about one day. I'm thinking about 12 kiddie pools in the, in the attic. So a month goes by, six weeks go by. He calls me. He said, you have a minute? I said, I do for you all the time. And he said, I just want you to know what happened. He said, well, he said, we saved about $17,000, but the roof is going to cost $65,000. And he said, that Sunday, a guy was in the church visiting, and he just sold some condos, and he had to find a place to tithe. So he's sitting on the back row, and he goes, well, this church is taking an offering for others. I'm just going to write a check. Big old check. Drops it in the offering plate. And they were blown away. They're like, is this, is this like somebody playing games with us? 
So Pastor Dave calls the guy and he goes, uh, excuse me, sir. And he goes, hey, yeah. He goes, you were in my church Sunday. And he goes, is that check good? <laughs> and he goes, yes. And he told him the story and he said, and I also gave my one day's wage. And he said, I've never heard of such a thing. And he said, I think it's the coolest thing. Do you know, with a little bit of insurance money and faith that it took to move the heart of God on, on reaching the poor and suffering, all of their bills were paid. I'm going back there next month to preach, and Dave can't wait to take me up into the attic. I'm just saying, one day of our life, dedicating that day to work for the poor and suffering will change not just the people that receive it, but it changes you. It changes me. My wife, next week, pops her sticker on and goes to Ozark Public Schools, and she's doing her one day. And she said, Jeff, would you do it with me? And I said, yeah, but I work at Convoy of Hope, so I'm going to wear my sticker at Convoy of Hope. And that's going to be really interesting. Feeding kids, training farmers, empowering women and girls responding to disasters around the world is a demonstration of God's love, followed by the presentation of the good news. Why do we partner with the local church? Because the local church has the answer for the world. It's Jesus. It's Jesus every time. And I'm, I'm thankful today that I sense his spirit in the room. I sense that there are a lot of needs in this room today. And if you're here today and say, man, man, my life is not the way I wanted it to be. It's not the picture that I had. There is hope for you because there is a God who loves you and he has answers for us. Amen. Every single day, wisdom. Here's some of the beautiful kids that you're helping feed uh, all over the world. 39 countries, over 4,000 program centers. And you can see some of these beautiful kids uh, giving them food, access to clean water, micronutrients, which fill in the gaps for all the food that they're not getting, the nutrition they're not getting, a bright future, and most importantly, a chance to hear that God loves them. And that's, these are those beautiful kids that you're helping. Well, here's some of the bad news, and you can just hold on that slide if you want. 16,000 children die daily from malnutrition and starvation, disease, and water-related issues. So that's 40 jumbo jets times 400 people. I was just on a large plane headed overseas coming back, and I realized there are 400 people on this jet. But every day, 16,000 children perish. If one plane goes down. Every flag in America is at half-mast. 40 are going down today. 40. And then we think, God, what's your priority? I'm not here to peg the guilt meter. In fact, guilt does not work with me. Uh, I hope it doesn't work with you either. God never guilts us into anything, but he invites us. As Pastor Joe aptly said a few moments ago, find out what God's doing and join him. I've met a lot of people in my life. I'll tell you the ones I like the most are the kind ones. The ones that go beyond themselves. The ones that kind of get past ego. You know, my pastor used to say ego is edging God out. He goes, if you want to go into the ministry, you're going to have to die to yourself, Anderson. I said, yes, sir. And he goes, no, you'll learn. <laughs> and he was right because um, I'm just grateful today that I live where I live, but I'm also the blessings that I have are not just for me. They're for others. 
And God blesses us so that we could possibly bless those around us. At Convoy, we meet needs without creating a culture of dependency. And once that poverty cycle and food insecurity cycle is broken, that's when we need the building blocks to rebuild a future and a hope of opportunity for these kids. I had a mom in Nicaragua who told me, thank you for feeding our children, but sir, we don't want you feeding our grandchildren. It was such a powerful statement from a mom who knew She said, this is one thing, but we have to learn and be independent to feed our families, keep our dignity, and see our culture and community move forward. Amen? And that's what it's all about. It's not creating dependency, but it's it's creating opportunity for people that need it today. Here's some of the women and girls. I'm particularly fond of uh, our women and girls empowerment program because I am a girl dad and a girl papa. My whole world is peace, love, and perfume right now. Um, with my granddaughters and my daughters, and it's cool. That's why I have a boat. So this, this is one of our women's empowerment programs. So this is right outside of the Mathari Valley, and I wanted to highlight this pic. So these are Maasai uh, tr- tribal leaders' spouses, and there's, they have multiple wives, and don't ask me about that right now. But I'll just say that uh, the, the chief's wife is here. She's actually on the left. She's the best dressed. This is one of the, our directors there. And so they had a herd of goats that they delivered. And, of course, uh, not only growing and planting and hunting, they do all of that. But they're raising goats and chickens now. And it is a game changer for them to bring not only strength and dignity and hope, but skills to women and girls. There's lots of other jobs that that they're finding out they can do and skills. One of the moms in Africa said this. She said, Convoy taught me a new word. And I said, what word is that? She said, tomorrow. She said, we really never planned for tomorrow. She said, Jeff, we just hustle hard today and hopefully have enough in our bellies and we wake up the next day and we have to do it all over again. And she said, Convoy has taught us the skills to plan and prepare so that we have money, we have food, and we have a future and a hope in Jesus Christ. And so it was a powerful moment with that mom. Breaking the cycle of hopelessness is one family, one person at a time. One day does that. And then finally, agriculture, farmers growing more and better food, sustainability, um, I've learned more about agriculture in the last 14 years, and I'm a city boy. I was born in L.A., raised in NorCal. Um, And just hanging around with farmers and listening to their stories and listening to their love for the land, their love for God, their love for growing more and better food so nobody goes without eating something good. It, It has been a powerful thing to see farmers wake up and be on mission to grow more and better food. For example, in Haiti, this particular farmer, Pastor Omega, he's got 16 kids. He's our driver when we're there. Top-notch security guy, and he pastors a church. And on Fridays, he goes through his house and collects all the change and goes through his car seats and collects all the change and he buys pizza for all the kids in the neighborhood. The week I was there, he had 100 kids over to his house. I'm sitting in the house eating chicken and uh, whatever else they were serving. And I walked outside and I'm like, oh, did all the kids come from your church? And he goes, no, these are just kids from our community. They come over for pizza night on Friday and they just bring a bunch of pizzas out. Port-au-Prince, Haiti. 
And I just thought, this is a guy who loves the land, but he also had some of the most world-class rice farms uh, before 1994. Rwanda imploded, the genocide. Bill Clinton wasn't paying, our president, excuse me, wasn't paying attention at all to the international scene. And what happened is Haiti imploded. And Haiti has never recovered since 1994. They've rebuilt infrastructure time and time and time again. Well, now I'm happy to tell you these rice farms, all of them are back online and they're growing delicious rice. None of it is being exported. It's all being consumed by the people in Haiti. Pastor Omega is part of that. And you're part of that because one day connects resources to let him do that. This last picture is from Pueblo, Colorado. I was there a month ago, and uh, what an interesting day. It was an outreach. We had 5,400 guests of honor. People come to get goods and services and prayer and just a day, a poverty-free day of hope, uh, lunch, all the rest. Well, there was a mom who came in with her 10-year-old daughter, and she, the daughter came out of the kid's tent. She had uh, tattoos, uh, face painting, excuse me, not tattoos. She had her face... <laughs> This 10-year-old did not have tattoos on her face. She had her face painted, and she was cute as can be, and she came out, and she, I'm standing there, and she went up and grabbed her mommy's hand. She goes, Mommy, I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I'm literally standing right behind him. And I'm hearing everything. I'm like, this is going to get cool. And the mom goes, I'm so happy for you, honey. She goes, Mommy, have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? It was awesome. Like, God bless children. And the mom completely melts down right there and just sobs uncontrollably. So I came in behind us, put my hand on her shoulder. She kind of leaned into me, and I said, hey, I'm one of the staff here at Convoy. I said, I heard what your daughter asked you. I'll stand right behind you. And I said, is everything okay? She goes, no. She said, when I got pregnant with her 10 years ago, I became a raging drug addict and meth addict. And when that child was born, she was addicted to meth. And she said, she is the most beautiful, normal, smart 10-year-old you will ever meet. And she said, Jeff, I have been running from God for 10 years. And she said, I'm at this outreach today. She goes, I need somebody to pray for me. I'm like, come with me. We go over to the Connections tent. I sit her down with a couple of ladies. She not only recommits her life to Jesus, but the burden that she has been carrying for 10 years falls off like a dead weight on her. And she got up, saw her on the other side of the prayer tent. I came back in. I said, are you doing okay? She said, I'm doing a lot better. She goes, it's amazing having your sins forgiven. And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. She goes, we came for the food and God, Jesus. Here's some stats. Celebrate the wins here, Mosaic Church. Your partnership provides hope to kids, adults, and families right here in America and around the world. 92 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to relief efforts and program. One of the lowest in the world. And I don't, I, I just, I really don't like tooting the horn of Convoy, but I will say this. I've been a donor for a long time and an employee team member for 14 years. And I will tell you that the best number is the number of people that have found hope in Jesus. It's in the hundreds of thousands of people. And we can't really document that because we just can't. That's something we can't 
get the hard number on, but I will say you have been responsible for opening the door to countless tens of thousands of people to come to know Jesus. And it started with a practical way of serving them of a hot meal or clean water or helping them in a time of an emergency. So this video, I'm gonna transition and then give you a couple thoughts to go. This video was shot uh, really overviewing our disaster work around the world. Check it out. Latest track from the National Hurricane Center. Winds of 120 miles an hour gusting up to 150. Do not listen to those who say you are beyond hope. That disasters have multiplied beyond help. That the fight against poverty has been set back. Because if you listen carefully, you can hear it coming. Help is on the way. Convoy of Hope has not been set back. We are racing ahead. We are coming for you. And help is on the way for the last of those million hungry kids. <laughs> and then for millions more. Sacrifice to serve, to send, 
There is a convoy forming around the world. And we are coming for you. Timothy Keller said, if you have money, power, or status, it's largely due to two reasons. A, the century and place in which you were born, or B, your talents and capacities and health, none of which you earned. In short, all of your resources are in the end, the gift from Almighty God. So today, you have an opportunity you have an opportunity to really make an impact. And you say, well, Jeff, are you, are you talking about finances? Not really. I'm talking about your heart, your life today. The finances are incidental. And I would never ask somebody to do something I've never, never done or unwilling to do. And uh, I practice one day every year. But I was thinking, what is the key to everything that God is doing right now? It is people finding out what God is doing and getting, as Joe said, Pastor Joe said, on his page. And what we're finding is when Christians actually practice the golden rule, it is concentrated. It is highly concentrated because most people right now in Milford and this county and area, I would say they probably wonder what goes on inside those walls. Some have heard bad things, some have heard good things, and some are just sure it can never be good because it's religion or whatever it is. But how many of you know the world isn't dying because of a lack of religion? The world is dying because there is a lack of love and true spirituality. People actually going into the world and showing them. For example, I was thinking the other day, I've pastored a small church and I've pastored a big church. So I was thinking of the big church the other day and thinking how we were trying to get everything on the web and internet and really getting our message out there. And the first impression somebody would have of us was a dark room with lights and music, and you really can't see the people, but it was our worship service because we thought that's going to be magnetic, a worship service. A lost person will dial it up and look at it and go, I don't understand that, but it looks kind of fun. Not sure what that is. But there's no interpretation needed when you and I show the love of Jesus in a practical way in the real world. You say, well, isn't this the real world? Absolutely, it's the real world because I love Jesus and I don't think we can worship enough or be in the word enough. But the world is watching right now to see if what we truly believe, if we believe what we say we believe. And the world expects that. Of course, when we want to be like Christ, we know that he will be kind and he will be compassionate and he will serve the least and the last and the lost. 1 John 3.16 says, we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life. We also ought to give up our lives for brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before God. So this is a gut check verse for me. 
This verse has just tampered with me for 14 years being on the team. I'm like, God, help me. Let that be the ideal for me every single day, wherever I go, whatever I do. So some of these disaster pictures were responding to Maui, Hurricane Idalia, Turkey, Syria, the war in Ukraine, the conflict in the Middle East right now, partners on the ground, getting food, water, and supplies to refugees and people in harm's way. Flooding in the Midwest, tornadoes in the South. Your one day brings hope to people during these storms. Um, so I want to leave you with three big ideas, and they all start with P. First of all, God's priority, what is it? And Joe, I don't know if you saw my message or no, what you did, but like he recapped my message in like 90 seconds. We should have just gone home right after he did announcements. Because seriously, I'm looking like, how does he know my notes? You're, you're saying stuff right off the page. God's priority is to seek and save the lost. Okay, I'm here today because a couple of Bible-thumping Baptist dudes at my high school kept witnessing to me. They were annoying. I was high most of the time. There's a reason they call it high school. And I would just walk through the halls and I would see these guys and I'm like, oh, you got, oh, just, but I, they were, they were my friends too. I grew up with them. So it was Darren and Troy and uh, long story short, they planted the seed for the gospel in me at age 18. And it was that summer right after my high school graduation that I had a profound encounter with Jesus. I won't get into all the details, but I, I met the Lord. And how many of you know, um, you may not be looking for God, but he's looking for you. <laughs> and he found me. And I was like, it was very clear what I had to do in that moment to say, I got to settle this question right now. So God is not slack. Look at Second Peter 3, 9, concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering. He is patient, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. So your family and friends right now that don't know Jesus, God is just on the edge going, I, I want to do something. You say, well, do I have to do something? Keep praying for them. Keep showing them the love and life of Jesus. And there is going to be a turning for a broken, busted, hurting world that desperately needs Jesus. Like the guy I sat next to on the plane, who is my age, and he was tenuring out teaching at an Ivy League college in philosophy. And I said, sir, have you ever known the Lord or, or what's your religious experience? He goes, I'm a backslidden Methodist. I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, 25 years ago, I walked away from God, church, religion, the Bible, everything. He said, it's just garbage. I'm like, oh, really? And he said, what do you do? And I'm... <laughs> I said, you have no idea how loaded that question is, brother. You're about to get it. So for the next two hours, I'm giving him, putting a witness on him. He's got tears coming down his face. It was awesome. And he goes, I can't believe it. You guys do all that, you know, and you're a Christian? I said, yeah. He goes, you're conservatives? I'm like, yeah. He goes, why haven't I heard about you guys? And I said, we're the best kept secret. Here's my card. Here's my email. Call me. Let's touch base. I said, I believe someday you're coming back to Jesus, dude. I'm on the plane. Every row around us are dead quiet because they were all listening. They're just like, what's he saying? 
And I said, I believe, I don't, I don't think God's, God's not done with you, and I, I definitely don't think you're done with God, sir. And he said, well, you might be right. And he flew back to the East Coast, and I flew to the West Coast. I thought to myself, God, you want to save people. And I didn't give an altar call, and I wasn't preaching somewhere. I was this conversation with somebody on a plane who desperately needs Jesus. Second, God's plan is you and me. Priorities to redeem, God's plan is you and me, his church to carry out his priority. He said, go into all the world and preach the good news to every creature. And if you look, take a second look today, there are lots of creatures that need the gospel today. If you're looking around and going, did he mean people or creatures? Yes. Beginning with Abraham and the call to Israel, every nation, God sent the Messiah to bring redemption to every nation. And he was talking about you and me, the people that breathe and speak life in Jesus' name. You say, well, I don't feel very effective, Jeff, in my little corner of the world doing what I'm doing. You are more important than you realize. If you are a mom, you are a teenager. You are a dad just grinding it out, hustling. You have had some bad things happen this year, maybe some things you didn't plan for or some health, whatever it is, financial or marital, relational, whatever you're facing today. Following Jesus is probably not the easiest thing you'll do, but it is the best thing that you will ever do. And today, following Jesus means we help him reach a world that's busted. And finally, God's promise. So God's priority is redemption. So he wants to seek and save lost people. His plan is you and me and his promise is his church and anyone who carries out his great commission. There are promises. There's Holy Spirit power according to Acts 1.8 where the Holy Spirit came and people got filled up and they went out and they served. And here's what I love about that day in the book of Acts. They never stayed in the upper room. The Holy Spirit fell poured out on them, they all had to go down the stairs and go into a lost, dark world. Thank God they didn't stay up in that upper room, right? We wouldn't be here today if they did. So I want to close, um, and I think I'm over time, God's protection and protection on you and, and, and presence for you. But this final story is really from a friend. His name is Dave. His name, not the same Dave. Uh, he lives in Perry, Florida, and last month they got rocked by a hurricane. Check it out. It's really a, a poverty-stricken area. So there's a lot of need here. A lot of the uh, individuals are uh, struggling to survive. For as long as I've lived here, we've never had any big storms here. And uh, we've experienced um, what we thought would never happen. We see the homes that are still trying to find their way out. Their driveways are buried by the trees and power lines that are down. And it's heartbreaking uh, because these are our families. These are our community members. Even today, we've noticed that a lot of cars or families are just out driving around and they're trying to find somewhere to get some assistance. It feels like Convoy is a rescue team. Um, I know that they've experienced hurricanes and and they've helped so many churches and, and communities it just feels like what we don't know how to do convoy knows how to do and i think because of the amount of love that's being poured out on our community by convoy of hope uh, that's given us the hope that we need 
finding that there's possibility of a future and that uh, maybe in a few weeks or a few months or a few years that we'll be back to normal. Today, it's our turn to receive this compassion and uh, so I'm very thankful, especially for what you're doing for, for us and for our community. Proverbs eleven twenty four, The world of the generous grows larger and larger. The world of the stingy grows smaller and smaller. Written by one of the wisest men in the world. But also from a God who, for us today, would say, thank you for giving, thank you for caring for people. And today, I hope and pray that you know that God is for you. He loves you. He cares for your needs and your family today. Not just the people that you see on a picture or a video today, but he's very dialed in to your situation. I would encourage you to open your heart to God's word and God's spirit today. Last year, this a year ago in September, I stood at my dad's bedside, 97 and a half year old Swede who immigrated through Ellis Island with his parents in 1928. And my dad was sleeping, he was not in a good way, and he woke up just as bright eyed as can be. And he turned, and I was going through files and some of his paperwork in the hospital room, and he said, son, I'm like, hey, Dad, you up from a nap? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, um, I just want you to know that all the cornerstones of my life are set. And whatever happens from here on out is on you. And he rolls over. And he goes back to napping. And I'm like, oh, no. I put all my stuff down. I walked around the hospital bed. And I shook him awake. And I'm like, hey, Dad. Do you know... Do you realize what you just said? He goes, no, what? I'm like, you're kidding, right? You're kidding, right? He goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I got chills right now telling you that because a week later, he breathed his last and he stepped into eternity. And we wept and we celebrated and it was bittersweet. Those words haunt me today. Because are the cornerstones of your life set. If you have not made that peace with God, it's almost like my dad couldn't wait to die to go see Jesus and his wife of 60 years. And I stood in that hospital room and I went, that's what it's all about, folks. To know Jesus and to have confidence that when you breathe your last, you step into eternity. When he returns, we go out on the first cruise, right? Jesus, thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Joe. Thank you, God, for the generosity of these people. All of the jobs, all of the things that happen in Mosaic Church family. God, we just stop and we say thank you for blessing. Thank you for direction. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your provision that we can be part of the solution today. We love you. If anyone is here today, watching online or in this room, 
I encourage you to give your life to Jesus. Serve him for the rest of your life. It's the best thing you will ever do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Jeff. If you're new with us today, if you're searching, if you're looking for Jesus, and uh, you didn't even know it when you walked in here today, but man, as, as you've listened, you're like, man, there's something more out there. I want you to know that, hey, we're going to have a prayer team up front when we dismiss in a moment. If you would like to talk to somebody about accepting Christ into your life, they would love to talk to you. And then not only that, we've got a free Bible for you in the lobby. We'd love to get some resources in your hand to help you in your relationship with Christ. But don't leave today because Convoy and One Day to Feed the World is about helping people all over the world um, right outside of our reach. But the whole point is, is that Jesus came and he died for you. You and you and you and you and you. Every single one of us, he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you so much that he gave his life for you and for me. And so one day is just one way that we reach out all over the world to show people that love, amen? But far be it from us if we give, but don't personally experience the love and grace of God. And so if that's you today, don't leave before you accept Christ into your life and make him Lord of your life, amen? And so just to recap a little bit, if you'd like to give your one day, you can, you can uh, just hit the drop down online and there's a one day to feed the world option online. Or if you're writing a check, be sure and make it out to Mosaic Church, put it in the envelope, write one day on the envelope and drop it in the bucket on the way out. Uh, but thank you for your generosity. Man, I've been blown away the last couple years at the generosity of our church. And so just in advance, thank you. And uh, don't forget, if, if you're not prepared today, hey, anytime this week, you can jump online and, and give, but let's make a difference. Can we do that together? Let's make a difference, amen? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for your church. God, I thank you for the ability that we have to be generous. God, I thank you for, for putting things in our hands that we get to be stewards of. And God, I pray that we can honor you today by reaching out to the least of these and being your hands and feet extended to people that, that have experienced disasters and poverty, people that need a hand up, Help us to be difference makers through this offering all over the world in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for today's message. We look forward to having you back next week.